Hi friends, this is Bonnie Gray, and I'm your host for Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. I'm so happy to welcome you because we have a very special show. We're tackling a very important topic, which is about depression and how it's important to be kind to yourself. I'm going to give you some very practical tips regarding depression and in fact, anxiety or mental health wellness. And I am the author of Sweet Like Jasmine, Finding Identity in a Culture of Loneliness. This is my journey of walking through things in life that have been very difficult, which prompted me to experience depression, anxiety, and even panic attacks. I'm not ashamed to talk about this because if you've gone through something hard, depression, anxiety, and even panic attacks, it's going to be the natural human response to things that have been hurtful or brokenness. And so it's part of our humanity. Why am I not ashamed to talk about it? Because God is in those broken places and he has made them beautiful. He's made them beautiful because of his love. And so as he calls each of us, everyone has something that God wants to walk them through. If we didn't have any places that needed wholeness, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need faith. It's because life is hard because being human means we face our brokenness. Maybe it's not ours at a certain season. It's somebody we love. Somebody we love is facing brokenness in life. Somebody that we love is facing something so hard. We don't even know how to help them. But yet, because we have God with us, we can help each other. We can listen to one another. We can pray and encourage each other. And my newest book, Sweet Like Jasmine, it's about sharing your stories. Because when we share our stories, we are no longer alone. Your story matters. You matter. And the only way to allow someone to feel that love, it's not just about telling them the truth. You want to share the truth through your story. Look at all the powerful movies or even the lyrics to a powerful song. It takes you through a story. It is through stories that help us to open our hearts and to no longer be alone, to know that we have somebody else who understands the valley we're walking through. Look at the Bible, the book that God wrote for us. It's full of stories, stories of each person walking through hard things, through the fire, because in all these difficulties, we see the love of God. We see the treasure of being loved, of what grace looks like. These words are no longer just simply words like forgiveness and love and grace. No, we need a story. We need a story of what that will look like. You have a story that someone needs to hear. Something you've gone through is the very encouragement someone needs. And maybe you are there right now. Maybe it's not time to tell your story because you're living it. Well, somebody that has gone through it can come alongside you when they share their stories. Isn't that powerful encouragement? We're going to be talking about dealing with depression. Last week, we talked about quieting the stress of exhaustion and how important it is to be gentle with ourselves. Well, today we're going to be talking about dealing with depression. You know, it's so important to be emotionally honest 
as I was writing about the book, Sweet Like Jasmine, I had to write about some of the most hardest things. If you understand movies or uh, even like playwrights, every story has a third act. That means when you first hear a story, it starts off like the protagonist is just living their everyday normal life. Then there's some inciting event. That means something happens that is outside of the control of the protagonist. Something happens to them and they're thrust into a circumstance and things start going badly. And then the protagonist will try to solve the problem and it won't work and it just gets worse. A situation, they end up in the third act. That's when there's like, where's the hope? I don't see it. But right after the third act, someone intervenes, something happens. And in our case, because we're believers, we are people of faith. We know that God intervenes. God comes to the rescue. And then there is resolution. There is hope. There is peace. There is joy. So I was writing the third act of my story where this is the darkest time in my life. And it was so hard to write because I was afraid. How would people think of me? You know, the depression, the anxiety that it's caused by one of the attributes of that was caused by was this very dark time in my life. Like, how do I write it? And a prayer surfaced on my heart, a prayer that said, what if I were to be more honest than I was comfortable with? What would I say? What would I tell the reader if I was more honest than I was comfortable with? Well, from there, the pen started flowing and I was able to write that third act chapter. <laughs> I tell that story because, you know, I think it's hard sometimes for us to confess that we're emotionally wounded because people might think that they'll question our faith. And that's how it felt for me. Worse yet, somebody might accuse me of not trusting God enough or tell me that worry is a sin. They might tell me if you're going through depression or struggling with it, and you know, this is happening through the pandemic, we're put into situations that are very tough. Somebody might say that I'm not praying enough, or they'll tell me I'm not reading the Bible enough or applying the Bible, not I'm, up, I'm not applying it correctly. If I were to tell them that I've been feeling numb, lonely, anxious, or depressed, but mental health issues, depression happen to everyday people, even to believers who are strong in faith. And I have friends, I have friends, but I still went into a season of depression. I know this because it happened to me. Unfortunately, some Christians made me feel shame for my emotional struggles. But as I discovered God's view on healing, I realized it wasn't my faith that was flawed. It was others' view towards mental health and faith that was skewed. So this episode, it's kind of special because I want to share with you what I learned about depression and mental health and give you some handful of soul care tips that will help you. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, one in four people suffer from anxiety. One in five suffer from depression. Keep in mind that that's based on people being honest enough to even take the survey. 
So I think that number might even be higher. You know, one in four suffer from anxiety. One in five suffer from depression. What that says is that if you're in a small group, okay, small group of eight, two of those people may be walking through depression. Two of those people may be walking through anxiety. That's the statistics. Think about it. If you're sitting in church or laughing with friends on a Friday night, odds are someone near you is suffering emotional pain, even if they appear happy, sociable, and capable. We tend to suffer quietly and anonymously, but it shouldn't be this way as people of faith. Jesus calls us to love one another unconditionally the way he loves us. But how can we be a light to the world? If we can't even be a light to each other. Because the shame I was made to feel, it was easier for me to hide my struggle with anxiety and depression and insomnia. That's what happens when you're depressed. That's one one symptom. I didn't want anyone to think that I was broken. So I kept quiet and I prayed it would all go away. But God wanted to heal me, not shame me. During one of the happiest chapters of my life, I suddenly started having panic attacks and debilitating insomnia. I was happily married with two boys, had an optimistic view of life. I loved God. I'm actually a Bible teacher. I train other people to lead Bible studies. I train the trainers. (laughs) I had friends, and yet panic attacks came. They were completely out of the blue, and I didn't know why. It turned out that because I was now grown up and safe, all the painful things I experienced as a child began to surface. Now, maybe for you, it wasn't a painful childhood. Maybe it's through this pandemic, you've been going through a lot of traumatic things. Now, trauma isn't just physical. I learned that emotional struggles, emotional trauma has the same impact to our bodies, the way our bodies respond as physical trauma. I didn't know that previously until I entered the season. So it isn't because your faith is faulty or my faith is faulty, but because God loves us, it's time to heal from the past. Did you know that a soldier and my post-traumatic stress disorder, my PTSD therapist told me this, he said that a soldier doesn't experience trauma when he's brave and fighting on the battlefield. When he's on the battlefield, what is he doing? He's being strong, isn't he? He's helping his fellow soldiers. He's saving people. He is fighting. He is staying strong. When does he finally experience anxiety or panic attacks? It's when he's finally home. Isn't that right, friends? When he is safe to face, or when she is safe to face what was too difficult to process at the time. When that soldier is home and he's safe, he can then experience what his body couldn't experience previously when he was in harm's way. So God's designed for our bodies to protect us from fear and hurt and loss It's his natural way of protecting us from our nervous system. It compartmentalizes it. It just holds it off for a while. It walls it off so that we can be strong. So as we emerge from this pandemic, you know, maybe 
you have been strong, whether it's trying to figure out this whole parenting thing while our kids are distance learning, trying to figure out our health or our parents. Maybe you have lost a loved one to COVID and there is tremendous grief. Maybe the health issues that are surfacing during this time of such vulnerability with COVID and not being able to readily see others and financial issues and marital issues. Oh my goodness. It's like all surfacing under this extreme situation we're thrust upon. Well, you we're strong when you're going through the thick of it. And now maybe if you're in a place that might feel a little safer, things might be loosening up, maybe things are a little bit improving and there's light at the end of the tunnel, maybe it's now you're feeling depression. Maybe it's now you're feeling lethargic and you don't know why. You're tired, you're fatigued, you're just exhausted. And maybe you don't understand why you're not able to fall asleep at night or you're feeling down about things. I'm trying to share with you to affirm you, friend, that this is a natural way God's created our nervous system to be strong in the moment. But then when you are safe, your body relaxes and exhales. Your nervous system no longer is holding back the things that you had experienced earlier, maybe even in a few months ago. In my case, when I first experienced the depression, this is before I wrote the book, <laughs> 10 years ago, um, it was during a time where, yeah, I finally got married, a loving husband, two beautiful boys, and I was finally safe. After I had my second baby, I think I just had this emotional exhale, like, whew, I survived my childhood. I'm going to build a new family with my loving husband. And that's when the depression and, and the panic attack started. So I was confused, you know, when I first learned about this PTSD from childhood trauma, I had never experienced physical abuse or anything as traumatic as what soldiers on the battlefield have. But what my therapist said next stopped me in my tracks. He said, did you know emotional abuse has the same impact as physical abuse? You need to heal from emotional PTSD. And it made sense to me. But in a culture that prides itself on entrepreneurship, self-reliance, and curating Instagram-perfect lifestyles, speaking up about emotional pain I once survived was like running into a wall. The message from the church culture was this, if you're feeling emotionally broken, your faith must be weak or broken. It's the opposite, friends. Healing parts of your heart may be the most powerful act of faith that God is calling you to make today. Through the research I've done for my books and for Sweet Like Jasmine, I want to share with you the top five myths and truths I've learned through my journey of healing. Here's the myth. Jesus commanded us not to worry in Matthew 6. If you're worried, then you're sinning. The truth is that Jesus encourages us not to worry. Okay? It's an encouragement. It's not a sin to worry. I'll say that again. <laughs> we live in a fallen world where there is brokenness. Okay? Things do happen that hurt us. 
or trouble us. It's not a sin to worry. Jesus is encouraging us. You know, there's a passage that's often preached. It says that in Matthew 6, 25, God says, do not worry. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Your father knows your needs, right? Well, God was encouraging us. It's not a command that makes worry an act of sin. He's giving us encouragement to let us know he loves us. He cares us. We don't need to continue worrying. We don't need to stay in a state of worry. We can take action so that we can move and heal and move past our worry. And God is saying that he was saying he, we can be at peace. He is the God of comfort. God comforts us. And that's our scripture for today. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. God also says he understands your worry. He loves you. God in the New Testament says, in through Paul in his second Corinthians one four, God is a God of comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. God's response is not to indict you for worrying. No, the scripture tells us God comforts us when we are troubled. He doesn't say stop worrying. No, he says, I understand your worry. I come to me. I will comfort you. I will give you rest. You can come to me. Now, here's a second myth. If you don't have peace or joy, you must not be trusting God enough. Have you heard that before? Oh, you don't have peace or joy. You must not be trusting God enough. That's a myth. The truth is that emotional honesty is part of our faith. Faith is the intimate act of trusting God with your real self instead of hiding how you feel or trying to do more. Notice when Jesus says, come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, Jesus says he'll give us rest, right? Notice he doesn't say, come to me, happy, cheerful, perfect, or not worrying. No, Jesus tenderly whispers, don't hide, come to me, weary and heavy laden. Another way is that you're worried. Come to me worried. Come to me as you are. Come to me exhausted, confused, numb, angry, stressed. Nobody else in the world maybe would want us in such a state, right? We kind of keep to ourselves and hide, but that's the beauty of the power of God's love for us. That's the beauty of Jesus. He sees us just as we are. And he says, come, I just want to hold you in my arms. I just want to comfort you. I just want you to know that you're safe with me. I love you. I cherish, I cherish you. I want what no one else might have wanted. I want you, all of you. Another myth is that if you read God's more, word more, you pray more, praise more, give thanks more, rejoice more, you will have this peace so that your depression disappears. Now, obviously, there are there is truth we can put our minds to so that we can hang on that truth and we can let go of worry. But when it comes to depression that has resulted from being harmed or hurt, the truth is that faith is not emotional amnesia. Faith is not an eraser. Faith actually is the opposite. It gives us courage to face the brokenness of life and heal from the losses we've suffered. You know, Jesus himself obeyed, prayed, praised God, gave thanks perfectly. Yet Jesus himself suffered emotional trauma. 
He was overwhelmed by the impending physical and emotional abuse and the abandonment and betrayal of the cross. Do you remember Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, My soul is deeply troubled, overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Going a little further, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed that if it was possible, that hour, the cup might pass from him. In that moment of extreme emotional trauma, Jesus, he would have wanted to choose a different way. But unlike us, Jesus is perfect. Jesus was willing to suffer brokenness so that he can bring us healing. He yielded in obedience, but it didn't take away Jesus's experience in the garden. He was troubled. When the Apostle Paul encourages us not to be anxious, but to pray and give thanks and present our request to him in Philippians, I believe Paul was encouraging us to experience the peace of taking our problems to God, right? Because it says, lift up your requests. So it's not peace by erasing our problems, but it's peace by taking our problems to God, being honest about them. When we do that, we have this peace that surpasses understanding, right? I think it surpasses understanding because the world's peace is you better solve everything. Everything needs to be perfect. And then you have peace. That's not God's peace. God's peace is I am with you in the messes. I am with you in the imperfections. I am with you in the pain and the brokenness. That is peace that surpasses our own understanding. The Bible also says to forget about the the next myth is that I've heard, because it was said to me, is that the Bible says to forget about the past and focus on what's ahead. Bonnie, you're thinking too much of the past. Just move ahead. But you know what? The truth is that God remembers the moments that break us. We can go back to heal our paths with Jesus and experience his love intimately and recover all parts of our hearts with him. You know, when the Apostle Paul said, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what is ahead. Paul, the apostle Paul wasn't talking about erasing his past, forgetting his past. If you read the rest of Philippians three in context, you'll see that the apostle Paul was referring to forgetting his old way of life as a Pharisee. He was talking about forgetting the past as a Pharisee of focusing his worth on how things appeared and letting go of how he was holding his performance, his spiritual performance up. Paul was now focused on knowing Jesus intimately in honesty. The last myth I want to talk about when it comes to depression is that you don't need a therapist. You just need Jesus and God's word. Now, like, let me clarify God's word and Jesus. There's some depressing moments in our lives, which are situational and through rest, taking better care of ourselves and fortifying ourselves with God's word and prayer and praise and giving thanks and God's word, that kind of depressive feelings will lift and they will resolve once we get out from under difficult circumstances and we take good care of ourselves, right? But if the depression is coming from a place of experiencing trauma, whether it's emotional, physical, whatever kind of trauma or abuse, and I want you to know, to be affirmed that God wants to have us use our faith 
to have healing that's very deep about our stories. So if you look at most of the healing instances of in scripture, someone had to step out in faith and take action to go somewhere to see someone or to ask for something, right? If you think about um, in the Old Testament, a Naaman had to go dip into the river, right? Um, if you think about um, the different people Jesus healed, Jesus used many different ways for people to be healed. It wasn't just always just instantaneously. So God may be calling you, just like he had called me, to find an expert. God has given therapists expertise and understanding, helping us uncover those stories and helping us heal from those wounded places. So if you've been hurt, you deserve to take care of yourself now. Now that you're safe to heal with Jesus, it doesn't mean your faith is flawed. It doesn't mean you're not strong enough. God's word will give you strength to heal. God's word will help you have courage to investigate your wounds. Just like God uses skilled doctors to help us heal from physical wounds, God uses therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists to help us heal our nervous system and process the events that have wounded us. You are worth valuing, friend. Your story is worth remembering. Again, God wants to heal us, not shame us. So let him love you as you walk the journey toward healing. And I pray that you will be amazed by the beauty and be transformed by it. So I hope that as you listen to each episode, all the different soul care, those are things, those are actions that I have learned to take on my journey of healing. We need to take action to help our bodies feel better, to make more healthy decisions for us emotionally and physically. And we need God's word. We need his truth to empower us to fix our mind on the truth and not the lies. Those are important. But if you're feeling a particular sustaining symptoms of depression, I want to encourage you that there is actually a great amount of faith that is required to go down the path of healing into looking back into the past so that you can rewrite them with Jesus. Rewrite those moments with God's love. If you survive something very difficult, I'm just so honored and privileged to know that you are so strong. And now that you're safe, it's time for you to take care of yourself. So remember your worth loving. And I hope that today's podcast has given you new inspiration and reaffirmation so that you can keep on this journey of taking good care of yourself because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are God's beloved. Well, what an amazing, powerful time we spent with ourselves, uh, with each other here as we talk about God and healing, dealing with depression. I want to welcome you to order my book, Sweet Like Jasmine. I go into the stories that God led me through on my healing journey where God showed me how he makes beauty out of brokenness. Trust me, I it was very difficult for me. I, I avoided it as long as I could. <laughs> but, you know, God has a very loving way. He's very gentle. He's so kind. And so I wrote about all the stories where God's beauty shone through. And I, I want to empower you about your true worth. And so pick up that book, Sweet Like Jasmine. 
finding identity in a culture of loneliness and read it, read it with some friends. Each chapter has journaling prompts and has three different questions so that it'll make it really easy for you to share your stories and to see God's goodness in your life, in your lives. Remember, you're loved and you're cherished. Next week, we're going to be talking about God's guidance when you don't know what to do because decision making is very difficult right now. It seems like it's hard to know what is exactly the right thing to do, right? We're surrounded by so much we don't know. So I'm going to encourage you. We're going to talk about God's guidance and what to do when you don't know what to do. And I can't wait to see you then. Remember that you're loved. You can um, always find me on Instagram at the Bonnie Gray. You can subscribe to my newsletter that will give you soul care and encouragement tips at thebonniegray.com. And until we meet again, remember that you are loved, you're cherished. Just rest. See you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Breathe, the Stress Less podcast, a production of lifeaudio.com and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Bonnie Gray or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, thebonniegray.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by me, Kelly Givens, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts, head over to lifeaudio.com. Miracles are everywhere. Let our adventure begin! Discover Pure Flix, your premium streaming service where faith and family values come home. Ready to have some fun? The most exclusive selection of quality, wholesome movies and series that will uplift your spirit. A man can argue whether God exists, but when he looks at his daughters, he knows. With new arrivals every week. Unbelievable. Save big and enjoy the possibilities, like invitations to exclusive theatrical screenings. I see it, so I believe it. Find out more by joining today at pureflix.com. Gorgeous gaming, stunning streams, unbelievable bandwidth. It's another Lifestyles of Gagillionaires. Meet the AT&T Fiber customers winning at life with hyper gig speeds. Meet Gagillionaire Terry. While his love of streaming horror movies has him constantly on the edge of his seat, his internet bill won't give him a scare. Oh, don't go in there. I'm telling you. Because since Terry upgraded to AT&T Fiber with hyper gig speeds, he doesn't worry about data caps or equipment fees. Come on, man. The door's open for a reason. And best yet, he also doesn't stress about a price increase at 12 months. Because with the amazing Gagillionaire lifestyle comes an exquisite sense of tranquility. <coughs> Most of the time. Live like a Gagillionaire. Get straightforward pricing with AT&T Fiber. Internet that upgrades everything. No data caps, no equipment fees, and no price increase at 12 months. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Becca Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.